In this latest edition of the TWBC podcast, we are at season's end at the 2022 Miami Pro, and we're talking to Regina Jaquis next. The expressed views of the guests on this podcast are theirs alone and not necessarily endorsed by the host, TWBC, or any associated sponsor. Conversations that are robust yet balanced, on point and to the point. You are listening to The Talk of Tournament Water Skiing. This is the TWBC Podcast. And now, here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and welcome to this latest edition of the TWBC Podcast. I am Tony Lightfoot, and I thank you for your continued support of this broadcast. All right, then, we are at season's end, the Miami Pro 2022, and uh, it has been a rather interesting season for... uh, for the skier whom I'm interviewing right now, multiple-time world champion, multiple-time world record holder, uh, one of the most storied athletes uh, of all time. It is none other than Regina Jaquis. How are you doing? Well, thanks for the introduction. That was awesome. Um, I'm doing great. We are down here at our last Pro Slalom event at the Miami Pro Slalom and looking forward to the weekend. Okay, so last time we got to interview in this format, the podcast, the TWBC podcast, was the 21st of April, 2021. What happened a week later? <laughs> oh, that was uh, <laughs> 16 months later from now. I tore my ACL and have been on a comeback ever since that day. So been a brutal process and a lot of physical therapy and mental struggles and ups and downs, but had a lot of people on my crew and um, having my back and getting me into getting back on my solemn ski and then just recently back on the jump ski. And then also I just uh, did my first overall tournament last weekend at Jarrett's um, world world overall tour that he has done. So Yes, indeed. He's doing, he's doing very, very well with that. And the overall performance is... Uh, uh, Overall, starting to shine again. I, I suspect, you know. I mean, I mean, certainly among the men and the wit and the women, women are, co- are are coming up as well to reestablish their credentials in the overall competition. You know, uh, a lot has been said about about overall. You know, I mean, in its current format, in the World Championships, are being decided uh, basically on the on the separate events that are skied. But once upon a long ago, the World Overall Championship was decided as a separate event. On the very last day, I've won that world before doing it that format that in, was in China. Yes, in Tianjin in yeah. 2003. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so obviously, you've experienced highs and lows in both. So, what? Uh, which one would you prefer? Would you prefer it to be settled on the separate events or as its own standalone competition? That's a hard one to say. I mean, then if you're an overall skier, you get into the finals of all three events at the world, and then you have to do a whole nother three events. That's nine sets in one event. That gets a little much. Uh, you almost become a sitting duck, too, for one of those events to not work out for you. I, there's really no good answer unless you just did a separate worlds for overall. Indeed, indeed, and I mean, you're certainly one of one of the best overall skiers, one of the greatest overall skiers of all time. But uh, but I mean, a lot of people more readily know you for your exploits out there on the slalom ski, multiple time world record holder, multiple time world champion. Now, you 
miraculously i mean i mean i can't i can't find a better word for it miraculously less than what was it less than six months post-op last season we're four. able to four well <laughs> four, four months <laughs> I, well i said less than six months i didn't quite know the exact month count but thank you very much for doing that just me i so was f- counting the days you 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 were counting the days uh, what what were you ticking them off on the calendar type just d- mental checks you know just mental checks yeah. you know you probably had day a day cal- one i'm gonna die day two still feel like i'm dying okay so you probably had a calendar on the back side of the door at your pharmacy no <laughs> doubt yeah. checking it off yeah no i came back in four months and that was definitely due to the protocol that was set by dr kane um with the andrews uh sports medicine up in birmingham alabama so he was the one that actually pushed me um to get back on the water and pushed me to get back into my first tournament and i thought he was absolutely crazy because i was like i can't even hardly put my shoe on and yet you want me to go put my solemn ski on and now you want me to go into a tournament but if you watch all the the football players all the nfl players this is the this is the new standard that they've said it's that four months back it's a struggle it is a lot of mental issues that go through your head and um it, it wasn't like i was pain free i mean that whole last year and even in the beginning of this year and sometimes i still feel it you know i'm only like 16 months out you know you still have a little difficulties with it but um no i was in good hands and i have a really amazing team that supports me and all my sponsors so that's why i got back but that's the thing like choosing like the surgeon and the and the support staff you know is highly crit- is, is highly crucial i mean you mentioned the uh, the uh, the andrew sports medicine uh in institute over in birmingham alabama now this it now this is now, this is the company that is, that is basically on the speed dial of every major agent in the NFL, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if they see their player going down, first call is to Andrew, second call is to the nearest airport to get a private flight out. Yep. <laughs> and all, all of that kind of stuff comes in, you know. So, I mean, it's vitally crude, crucial to have that happen, you know, because most... I, I suspect the most surgeons in that kind of context will probably err on the side of caution, but yet you had someone that was like egging you on and pushing you forward you know and like pushing you back onto that ski yeah no he he really did and i'm so thankful that he did because one of the biggest things about acl injuries or just knee injuries in general any injury but you know just really this acl it's it's more a mental comeback as well and it's not really ever you know thought or talked about and that was kind of his reasoning for putting me back on that ski four months later put me into a tournament a pro event my first one was the malibu open and then a week later was world he wanted me back on that ski and back in the mental side of being in the competition because he didn't want that to go away he knew that when i got hurt i was at the top of my game and he wanted you know his whole goal was to make sure that i got back to being that person again was sports ptsd ever mentioned you know because i mean i spoke recently with with elizabeth montavon island and i mean she she mentioned it on on several occasions where it came down uh, to the injury that she sustained in may of this season and she was trying to push herself to get onto on top of the water and 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 even even though she was healing fine you know upstairs she just didn't feel absolutely right with what what she was doing and you know and it took a while for her to overcome that do you, what was that the case with you or were you were you quite headstrong enough to begin to kind of suppress that well, I think we all know I'm a little headstrong, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, just ask your father. Yeah, no, I mean, th- this was definitely something that 
you you kind of have your ups and downs with it but the the hardest part and you still think about it that's why it was so vital for me to actually get back on the jump skis and go over the jump ramp and get on a trick ski all those little things that some people are like why are you ever going to do that again why are you wasting your time you're the best psalm skier in the world don't do that the thing is is i can't become back to who i was until i get all those things over with because I'll suppress the feeling of oh well I just am not going to do that because what if I get hurt again and that's not how I ever was I no overall skier will ever tell you that right <laughs> no 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 overall skier worth his soul is going to going to say you you you're just better off slalom skiing because they know that it's part of the full package you know I mean you can, it's it's like it's like chopping one leg leg off, you right? Know, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, uh, getting back on my jumpers, and then also now recently, I haven't done it often, right? Like I'm not attacking it hardcore. I'm still deficit in my quad. I know that. So I'm 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 being smart about when I when I do it and everything. But it's mentally making things to where I'm not standing on the solemn dock and saying, "Man, my knee is a little sore today." So I wonder if I should even try to do this. It's like, okay, I, I can push through this. I've I've gone over a ramp now I, I can push through this pain the pain's just part of that whole just part. suck it up buttercup. yeah suck it up buttercup <laughs> no i mean it's it's just a process like that i think there will always be some pain with it but i mean when are we not in pain as skiers and overall skiers it's just part of our a part of the package i mean we're pushing our bodies to limits that we really shouldn't be at hmm, i can i could probably think of a, of a of of something where you'd be in pain with uh, slalom lines <laughs> yeah because you just come off the water right and you were practicing with with a slalom line that you don't typically work with a little stiffer than normal and yet you could feel every every little bit of jolt from that line now you you typically ski on uh, what is it? A master line. A master line. The, the optimized 2.0 or the regular main line? I do both. I like to practice with both the optimized and the main line because you just really don't know what you're going to get at tournament. So I like to just be prepared. But the master line ropes are my go-to and that's what I prefer and that's what I'm used to. And, you know, I think in Solemn we have become so fine-tuned with everything from the boat and the zero off to our settings on our fins and now to even the ropes that we are connected we have to figure out how we can be connected to the boat to be able to run through 39 off every round at the event because that's what it's going to take to win because i mean you hear these expressions like spike in the boat you know <laughs> just trying to get the ski ahead of the line you know and and and, and working with with other elements and i mean the line has been has been overlooked for so long now 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 it's it's really starting to to come to the forefront and a lot of and a lot of a lot of people's thinking and preparation for these events you know you know you you kind of get a little bit lost in the shuffle really when you say i mean i mean for those of you out there that are like wondering what what we're talking about line a little bit of stretch a little bit of load and all that kind of stuff you know it it does make a huge difference when that line is like two and a half feet inside the buoy (laughs) yeah it does especially when you're only five four um i think it's great though we're starting to see a lot of other companies come into play with building different ropes i think that's just going to be the evolution of having a rope that is going to be the the go-to rope eventually um you know and hopefully masterline will be able to take that by the reins and and go with it and have a, a line that can be connected to the boat but still be light on that end of the line by both the driver and the skier 
and the driver knows where the skier is the whole time and the skier knows where the driver is the whole time. That's the most optimal line that you could actually choose. Now, one of your favorite sports outside of skiing is NASCAR, isn't it? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> and you realize that one of the major rules is NASCAR is that is that each of the cars are essentially the same engine output aerodynamics all that kind of stuff so to reference a line in days of thunder you're not you're not competing <laughs> against other cars you're competing against other drivers now should there be a set standard for for slalom for slalom lines to 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 make to to at least make it easier for for what skiers can plump for so far as line stiffness recoil that kind of stuff you know so at the very least you know what to expect you know when you come off the buoy and you're waiting for that jolt it's not going to spring you or or really really kick on you yeah, I mean, there definitely needs to be some standards in place for, for strengthening and stiffness and load, which there are already in place. Um, recoil really doesn't ever get looked at too much, which is a bigger factor, I think, than any of them. And at the same time, on that same flip of a coin, you know, I don't think that it's not very necessary unless you're at our line links. Um, the everyday skier just needs a $25 rope. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to get into trying to figure out this optimized line that is going to cost our people that we want coming into our sport that much money. Like we need something also on the flip side that's a $25, dollars you No, know, no one's going to run the course one day and jump on a good slalom ski the next. You know, I mean, right. you mean you've got to have to have somewhere in between, you know, to actually get you up, get you to where you are, to where you would like to be. Yeah, and then once you figure it out, you kind of understand more of the concepts, and it's just like with our good skis. You know, you come to us once you're ready to take that next step and get the customized ski get your extra six buoys that we always can get you yes indeed indeed always always searching for more on the slalom ski but let's talk about <laughs> you jumping because you surprised a lot of us seriously I surprised you yeah you surprised me that's yeah. interesting uh, yes. that's hard to do yeah <laughs> i try i try you flatter me way way too much with that response but so far as your jumping is concerned i mean i thought you were just gonna have a cut and a pass in the malibu open boy was i wrong yeah, I mean, I contemplated cutting and passing. I did it once, and then I felt like my knee was pretty good. And um, I had gone over a couple times before. You know, I, I mean, like I said, I haven't really been pushing it. I don't want to overdo it by any means. And so it felt good, and I uh, went after it. So it was great. It wasn't a huge distance, but it was a huge distance for me for coming back off my ACL. Um, just enough of that 153 float time to have that little adrenaline rush pop, pop, that pop, pop, you pop, pop, just miss so much. Indeed, indeed. I'm sure it was like extremely hard for you to kind of like suppress that urge, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah, you, to you go a little later, to, to go, go a, little go a little later. more speed. Yeah, no, you it's like hard feeling, to suppress that. You like feeling, oh, uh, okay, this feels nice. This, yeah. feel, this feels, oh, but... And I'm, I'm, I still got, I still got this bum knee here. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I gotta, gotta play this somewhere in the middle. Right. But then with jumping, if you play it too cautiously, it's almost as bad as if you're trying to over, you over, overstep. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely a fine line. You got to attack, and that's part of the the sport. I mean, we kind of all go into it. Doesn't matter what event you get on the dock, you kind of know the risk that you're taking. Um, the possibility to get injured is always there. Yeah, it's a little more in jump, but it's. 
also there in slalom. So, um, yeah, you you got you can't be cautious. You gotta go in and attack. You just gotta play it smart. So I try. I'm trying to continue to do that um, through the rest of the season and kind of maybe ride them and just get really good at riding my jumpers so that hopefully I can kind of get a little bit closer to where I used to be on the jumpers. What about tricks? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right now I still have to wear my brace, so I have to wear it for twisting purposes. They're really, that's their biggest concern. So I have to be in that for 24 months, and it's really hard to do toes with that knee brace. So I'm doing it. It's just kind of um, yeah, difficult you have to with learn, a brace. Because <laughs> you have to learn to pull a different way with that knee brace, because if, if, if you're a trick skier that likes to extend their leg out before pulling it in for something like a toe-o type deal... You know, it requires a certain amount of flexibility. Well, it's actually my ski leg. Your ski so leg. So it's just the distance between when I want my legs to be a little closer, like on a reverse toe back, to go into toe wake back to back, toe five fronts, toe o's. It's just constantly hitting this knee brace, and it's not ever next to my leg, but I'm used to having that. And so. also the rubbing of that knee, oh, of your free foot against that oh, knee. Yeah, it uh, that, oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it hurts. But does it, does no it hurt? pain, no gain, right? Does it hurt any worse, like like kicking your back foot in in towards your front binding and stubbing your toe honestly the last 16 months i will never complain about being in pain again i don't think because that was the most brutal experience that i had after that uh coming out of that surgery for the first week so um no there's really not that much pain anymore in my life i don't feel like i mean i'm sure there can be worse but that was brutal um it kind of gives you a whole nother uh level of appreciation for people that have gone through knee surgeries and come back and you know it's just it's tough indeed indeed and obviously that one of the i mean you have to have a great support system I mean, you're the folks at uh, 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 Emerald Coast Compound and Pharmacy. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. The uh, they're the definitely the, great. The greatest compound pharmacy in the world. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There we go. And no, all my all my techs and all my you know, I mean, just their family too. There. So, um, our lead tech, she's. The, you know very sport oriented as well did volleyball her whole career she's had three daughters and all three of them had knee surgery so she was uh, pretty accustomed to i think i was like her 27th knee surgery she had been through so uh, i would try to push the limits i'd try to walk or climb over stuff and she would just give me that mama bear stare and i would just, i'll just sit nice that's probably what i need to do huh so i mean it's those little things that just add up over time just not pushing it when we're athletes we think we should be able to um speed the process up and in fact we are we're at four months post-op that is speeding this up but it still takes time for it to heal and that's just the most frustrating part and having some great coaching helps as well i mean because i mean you you've you've worked with some some of the best some of the best coaches and the and the best advice uh, out there you know and i mean one name springs to my mind you know without without the revealing too much bias uh, jay bennett you know <laughs> yeah. uh, no i'm uh, no, I in, in zachary louisiana and that's that's where ski school is at right you know Been and you over do there ma- often yes indeed and and you you can you continue to make the odd journey out there you know of to, course, to yeah. train with him and you skied in the record tournament just recently of course yes um, that kind of gave me the motivation to go to the overall tournament. Um, but no, Jay's been very instrumental in not just my career, but all of our careers. You know, he's um, kind of helped build the jumping and become such an instrumental person in pushing 
jump and men's jump and women's jump. But he's great in all three events as well. So, yeah, the journey over is great because you get such great quality with him and the whole staff and the family. It's just a, a great experience every time you go there. All right, then. So so now we're uh, we're at the end of the season. You obviously got this competition coming up, uh, the uh, the Miami Pro. You're obviously focused in for that uh, for the uh, for the time being. But what about next year? Uh, we know that the World Championships next year is going to be in Lake County. Yeah, I'm excited. I was actually really excited when the first time around when it was there last year or a year and a half ago um, before I got injured. So I really am going to take a complete different approach because last time it was there, I was excited. It was in the U.S. for the first time since, I think, 84. And I was prepared for all three events. Everything was going great. And uh, then I tore my ACL. So I'm just going to take it one month at a time and uh, hope that I can do all three events and go from there. But... I'm not going to be as jacked up as I was before. I just am going to be thankful that I am skiing and I'm able to do all three events again. All right, then. So, uh... I mean, I mean, we talk we talk quite at length about skiing and stuff like that. So, so what are we, what are your other interests aside from skiing? You know, I mean, because because I mean, everyone knows you for this this like superb skiing athlete. But do you do anything? You know, like I don't know, jogging along the beach, playing pickleball, or anything like that? Or well, I haven't jogged or ran for a while since my eight since sixteen months ago. Um, but, no, I mean, I live in a cool place. You know, I'm in a little beach town in Santa Rosa Beach. Um, the compounding pharmacy, Emerald Coast Compounding Pharmacy, takes a lot of my time and then skiing. But um, when I can, I just um, love to be at the beach, take in the salt life, take in the... Um, I have a chocolate lab. My sister has a Dalmatian. My parents have a black lab. So we'll take them out, run them on the beach, run them in the backyard. Just um, a lot of just normal stuff that people do that's a day-to-day life that you know you don't really get to do because you get so hustled up in the the daily grind to to do everything you need to do to become you know a, a professional athlete and then to also have the job on the side so when you can take the downtime and just do the daily things um you know, just, I mean, I drive to work and I am literally two tenths of a mile from the ocean and I don't really get to put my feet in the sand ever. So when you can, it's, it's amazing. So I like to take those moments and just enjoy that life. Indeed, indeed. And we certainly, we certainly appreciate you being a part of this, uh, this podcast. So thank you very much, very much again. Uh, Thank we should you. we should be doing these a little bit more often and uh, and 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 certainly you know a lot more often than than the twenty first of of April of last year. But well, yeah, I was a little out of commission. Yeah, just a little, just a little <laughs> out. But but you're certainly back and back with a vengeance. But I'm going to leave you yes. the opportunity now to thank and acknowledge those that have uh, that have supported you between that time and now. So have at it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a long road. My, my mom, dad, sister, David, um, my, my brother-in-law, um, my, so my family and my close friends that are my family. Um, and then, of course, all my sponsors, they stuck through it. I, I mean, points in times when you just can't even walk and, you know, the doctor's yelling at you to walk normal and you're like, nobody ever told me how to walk normal, so I really don't know how to not walk normal. You know, and so you're like, how am I ever going to ski again? And my sponsors stuck right by my side. Um, Malibu never wavered. And when I told them I was actually going to ski in Malibu Open, they were like, uh, no, don't do that. Like, we need you to be back. Like, don't ski. Don't do that forever. And I was like, no, I'm doing it actually for me. 
Uh, but Malibu boats, they never wavered. Good. They never, ever questioned it that I would not come back. And I mean, here I am thinking I'm going to lose everything. I'm never going to be back to skiing. Like, this is it. This is over. Because back in the day, ACL injuries were the end of it. They were terminal. Um, yeah. Or, or at the very least, a 12-month rehab. Right. And so you sit there and you're, you know, at the worst point in your life. You're depressed. You're just like, oh, my gosh, everything's over. And, um... They never wavered. They always checked in, you know, and, and that was all of them. That was everybody from, you know, Mashline and Eagle to the PKB gloves that I wear. I mean, just it was amazing the outreach of my sponsors that were constantly checking in. Um, and then just, you know, Jay would check in and Chet Rayleigh would always check in on me. How you doing? And, you know, it's just those little moments of people calling and checking in on you meant so much because you were at points in time where you really didn't think things were going to turn around um, because everything's a baby step. You know, you never get this huge jump of, oh my gosh, I woke up and now I can like walk up the stairs. No, getting up a stair was horrible and it took forever to get up a stair. So those little outreaches that, you know, they did and the unwavering support from all my sponsors, um, gosh, it was just something that I will always cherish and never forget and hopefully won't ever have to go back and deal with that. But if somebody else does, I know when to call them. Indeed, indeed. And if Tony Robbins ever retired, I, I can think of one person in my immediate vicinity that could definitely take over for him so far as motivational speaking is concerned. <laughs> indeed. Thank you very much, uh, Regina Jaquist. Thank you. That was Regina Jaquist. I'm Tony Lightfoot. This is the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. And until the next time, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC podcast.